Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is homosexuality, what we really need to know. Yes, we have been bombarded with information on homosexuality throughout the social media. We have been given misinformation, misleading information, half-truths, lies, and exaggerations about homosexuality. Unfortunately, there is a homosexual agenda. They are trying to push the homosexual agenda and they believe that by exposing us to homosexuality on a continuous basis will desensitize us and make us more willing to accept homosexual behavior. That is the purpose of the homosexual agenda. So today we're going to go ahead on and kind of deal with the origin of homosexuality, why people become homosexuals, and what is the objective? I mean, what's going on in the homosexual world? We're going to talk about that. Now, before I proceed, I just want to put a warning out there that we are going to be talking about some sexually graphic materials. So just keep in mind that I will get graphic when I talk about homosexual sexual behaviors. And some of those sexual behaviors may be a little bit too much for us to talk about, but that is the purpose of us talking about it. Because the way that they present homosexuality, they they sanitize it. They make it squeaky clean. They want to present us with the rated G version of homosexuality. Today, we're going to get in the rated R version. We're going to deal with reality. We're going to deal with homosexuality as it is. We're going to go ahead on and get rid of all the filters. We're going to get rid of all the bias. We're going to get rid of all the manipulation and all the deception. We're going to get straight to the raw side of homosexuality, right? Let's just go ahead on and get started. Now, every time anyone starts talking about homosexuality, automatically they're labeled homophobic, okay? They label them as being homophobic, as if they have homophobia, meaning that they are afraid of homosexuals. Because to have a phobia is to have an irrational fear, right? So anyone who challenges the homosexual agenda, anyone who exposes the homosexual agenda, they are automatically labeled a homophobic person. Now, that is just to intimidate people and stop them from revealing the homosexual agenda. People are afraid of being labeled. They're afraid of being rejected. They're afraid of being called a hater. And that's the reason why they remain silent. They don't want to talk about the truth about homosexuality. Now, today we're going to go ahead on and get to some of the truth. We don't have time to really get into everything, but we're going to go ahead on and break down some of the facts about homosexuality. So, no, I am not a homophobic. I am not afraid of homosexuals. I am not scared of homosexuals. I do not hate homosexuals. I'm simply having a logical and reasonable discussion about homosexuality. 
Now we should be able to sit down and have an open and honest dialogue about any type of sexual practice, whether it be homosexuality, bisexuality, heterosexuality, or any type of other sexuality. We should be able to have an open discussion. Now, something is wrong if every time that we start to have an open discussion, there's always some type of division, confusion, or accusation being hurled at the person who's trying to have that type of discussion because it becomes a form of distraction because the truth is getting ready to come out. And the people who are promoting the homosexual agenda, they don't want us to know the truth. So let's just go ahead on and get started. Let's talk about, first, let's talk about the history of homosexuality first. Before we get into the behaviors, let's go ahead on and and go back a little bit. Let's find out how homosexuality basically is culturally based, right? Homosexuality is culturally based, meaning that homosexual is acceptable and condoned in certain cultures. And that's the reason why the people in that culture can openly practice homosexuality because it is sanctioned by the culture. At the same time, we do have certain cultures that do not promote homosexuality, that do not socially accept homosexuality. They reject it. In those cultures, homosexuality cannot be practiced. And people within those cultures will definitely reject it and see it as a perversion, as a sexual perversion, as something that is anti-life, anti-family, and anti-health. So we have to understand that the culture plays a big factor. Now let's go ahead on and talk about all the other things that we should take into consideration when we're having the discussion on homosexuality. Now, our conversation about homosexuality has to start with understanding human sexuality. Yet, we're discussing homosexuality without knowing society's views or perspective on sexuality. In reality, sexuality doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's connected to everything that is part of the human experience. It's connected to spirituality. A society's spiritual belief will determine how they perceive the act of sexuality. It's tied to morality. A society's morals will dictate what is an acceptable and appropriate sexual behavior. It's tied into religion. A society's religious doctrine will establish what are the sexual boundaries. It's tied into culture. A society's cultural ways will lay the foundation for what sexual practices will take place. It's also connected to the family. Society's family unit will be the model for sexual expression, right? So we cannot have a discussion about homosexuality and not talk about 
sexuality because sexuality is the basis for any type of practice of sexuality. So we cannot talk about homosexuality without talking about sexuality. And we cannot talk about sexuality without talking about all the things that are connected to sexuality. The spirituality, the morality, the religion, the culture, and the family. Now, each society will have its own sexual ideology, sexual philosophy, sexual values, and sexual principles. Homosexuality is perceived differently based on the culture. The majority of Africans and indigenous cultures did not condone homosexuality. It was not socially acceptable and it was rejected as a lifestyle. Now, yes, there were some individuals, maybe a small amount of individuals, who did engage in homosexuality in these societies. But overall, the society did not sanction or approve of sexual activities between the same sex. Now, these indigenous and African societies believe that their spirituality and cultural ways was very, very important. And they believe, based on their spirituality and cultural ways, that sexuality was a sacred act between a biological female and male. The primary purpose of sexuality was for reproduction of the human race. The ability to reproduce was a gift and a blessing given by the Creator. To perpetuate one's genetic legacy through having a child was having immortality. Emphasis was placed on collective survival and not individual sexual pleasure. It was not optional to not have children. It was a naturally occurring event. Individuals were expected to have children. Now, every male and female, they were expected to get married and have a family. It was their social responsibility and moral obligation to continue the tribal legacy or human race. Now, they had the rite of passage ceremonies to prepare each male and female for adulthood. They were taught their roles, duties, responsibilities, and position in the community. They had to live and function as a collective unit. There wasn't an option given to be different or to go against the social norms. There was no sexual identity problem, no gender confusion or sexual deviant behaviors. During the rite of passage, it was a custom to provide the knowledge, discipline, understanding, resources, and support to the young male and females who are going through puberty. Now, after becoming an adult, they knew exactly what was expected of them and they were prepared to play their part. 
Now, the sexual hormones were activated during puberty. Now, these hormones were not allowed to influence these young male and females in a negative way. In other words, they didn't let these hormones go out of control. They didn't allow them the opportunity to engage in promiscuous sexual behavior. They didn't allow them to experiment sexually. They didn't allow sexual experimentation or self-destructive behaviors. They're assigned roles and responsibilities as family members, spouses, parents, and contributors to the community. The indigenous people, they saw sex as something that happened between a biological male and female. And they knew the value of the sexual relationship between a biological male and a female. They believed that the sexual act was a rejuvenating and invigorating activity. They believed that sexuality was very spiritual. They believed that the woman's vagina contained life-sustaining energy that could take a man to the next level of higher consciousness. Sex was a very passionate and sensual act that was important to establish the deep bond between a male and a female. Sex was respected as a precious gift and it came with social responsibility. They understood that if sex was disrespected, it could become a curse. If it was not used properly, it could become a problem. They understood that sex was not supposed to be used for selfish purposes. They understood that the family unit had to be protected, nurtured, and perpetuated by all means. Because the foundation of any community, nation, or society was the family. They had to make sure that the family unit was always intact. Nothing could interfere with the biological male and female's reproductive duties. They knew that. They knew that the biological male and the female had to be together because that's how children were born. They knew that without the family, which consists of a biological male and female, that society would not survive or function properly to be healthy and self-sustaining. The male and the female had to be together to create a balance. They knew that same-sex relationship was not practical and it wouldn't serve the need of the community for survival and prosperity. Now, this is a cultural perspective. The indigenous and African cultures throughout the world, the majority of them, or all of them, held these values. These were cultural values. 
And that's the reason why they opposed homosexuality because they knew that homosexuality was anti-family and anti-life. Because if you don't have a family, you cannot produce children. And if you don't have children, there is no community because children would perpetuate life from one generation into another generation. And after you had children, it would require a male and a female to stay together to parent that child in order to nurture him or her into adulthood. So this was their perspective. Their spirituality played a big part of their culture. Their values, their moralities played a big part of their culture. Now let's go ahead and look at what was happening in Western culture. Now we just talk about indigenous African cultures. Now let's talk about Western culture. Now on the other hand, in Western culture, homosexuality was very common and socially acceptable. The Greeks and the Romans, who were the fathers of Western civilization, actively promoted male homosexuality. Greek philosophers openly condoned and praised male homosexual relationships and held it at a higher esteem than heterosexual sex. The Greek boys around the age of 12, 12 years old, had to go through a rite of passage by being paired with an older man. The boy was provided education, resources, and instruction in exchange for sexual favors. The boy played the passive role. He was the one who was being penetrated like a female. And the adult male was the dominant person in control of the sexual act. Now, this common sexual relationship was called pediasty. This means boy love. This was the social norm in Greece and Rome. The boy's father chose the adult lover for his son, and he received gifts of money or material things. The adult lover was called the boy's mentor. When the boy became a man, he would transition from a homosexual to a bisexual man. He was allowed to marry to produce children, but he was still available to enter into a homosexual relationship with a young boy to serve as a mentor. In Greek mythology, the god Zeus was lusting after a boy named Gadami while he was on Mount Olympus. Zeus turned himself into a powerful eagle and went to kidnap the boy. He took him back to Olympus to have sex with him. Now, Greek mythology is saturated with stories of their gods practicing podiasty, having sex with little boys. Now, podiasty was incorporated into the military training in Sparta. Men were paired with boys to create intimate connections, which was believed to make them fight more vigorously. There was a military battalion created called the Sacred Band. It consists of 150 pairs of homosexual male couples. There are many documented stories of Greek male lovers. Most Greek lyric poets focus 
in their writings on the love and adoration of young men. Homoerotical art featured on Greek pottery and sculptures displayed open sexual relationships, homosexual customs, and gay traditions. Traditionally, sexuality and homosexuality have always been part of the Greek sports. Podiasty was a common and inseparable part of the sports. Greek young males were provided training for public sports and games inside the gymnasium in nudity. No females were allowed inside this place of male social bonding and interaction. All gymnasiums athletes receive oiling and massages from another male before practicing and engaging in sporting events. The Olympic Games was a form of festival honoring Zeus and it celebrated the male body and homosexuality. The games took place with all male spectators, all male athletes, and all male supporters. Women were not allowed to participate as athletes nor be spectators. In ancient Greek Olympic Games, the Romans the Romans practiced homosexuality openly in public. There were many organized events held in places specifically designed for public gay sexual activities, such as the taverns, bathhouses, bathhouses, gymnasium, and symposiums. They engaged in public orgies and homosexual rituals. They had gay marriages in Rome. Now, there were many well-known historical figures who were gay. We had leaders in Rome and Greece, popes, scholars, warriors, inventors, artists, and politicians. Homosexuality was a normal part of Roman society. However, when the Roman Catholic Church publicly adopted religious doctrines, especially Christianity, homosexuality went underground. It went in the closet, behind the scene, in Western society. Men of honor, status, power, and position continued to practice homosexuality in drunken orgies, hidden places. The monasteries, universities, secret societies, fraternal orders, and the church. Homosexuality was also publicly practiced in Germany and Nazism embraced homosexuality. So this is a brief history. This is a history of homosexuality in Western society. So homosexuality was normal. It was acceptable. It was condoned in Western society. Western society never had a problem with homosexuality. It was part of their culture. It was part of their religious belief because their gods, such as Zeus and other gods, were practicing homosexuality. Homosexuality was everywhere. It was prevalent until the Roman church decided they wanted to publicly adopt the religion of Christianity. And once they did that, they had to pretend that they weren't doing this anymore. 
They had to pretend that they objected to homosexuality. They had to pretend that homosexuality was not acceptable anymore. Even though secretly they were all still doing it, it never stopped. It never, homosexuality never stopped in Western society. Now let's go ahead on and, and, and look at how homosexuality was injected in other areas. It was no longer something that two consenting adults were doing. It wasn't something that was just done between older men and boys. Now, homosexuality was injected in other areas. Let's talk about other areas where homosexuality was forced upon other males because we're talking about male homosexuality right now. That's what we're talking about. But overall, homosexuality, whether it be male or female, was not acceptable in African or indigenous societies. It was not socially widely practiced, even though small amount of individuals were doing it. But the country, the nation, did not openly practice that. They rejected it. Okay. Now let's talk about how Roman and Greek homosexuality was interjected in other areas outside of their personal relationship. Okay. Now during time of war, enslavement and imprisonment, the person in control used their power to practice homosexual rapes or they initiated gay activities. Now let's talk about slavery, any type of slavery. Now the slaves, they were forced to engage in homosexual acts. They were raped by homosexual men. Now this was a common practice during slavery. Now let's be more specific. Slavery in the United States. This happened. De when we're dealing with chattel slavery in the United States, a lot of black men and black boys were violently raped by homosexual slave owners. This is something that happened. The same way that back in Rome and in Greece, you had homosexual men who were raping their slaves. That practice continued in the Western world, in the Western hemisphere when they came to America. That same practice was continued doing chattel slavery. Now, some slaves were brought specifically for sexual purposes, whether it be for personal usage by the gay owners or they were bought for sex slavery. They were made into homosexual prostitutes. Now, homosexuality was imposed on other men. This is the reality. This is a history that nobody wants to talk about, but it's the reality. A lot of men were raped doing slavery. Now let's talk about another area where sexuality, homosexuality was imposed on other men. During wars, the soldiers practiced homosexuality by raping other men. They committed brutal acts of sadistic Rapes. Rape is, was used as a weapon of war and an instrument of terror. In Rome, rape was seen as the right of the victorious or an expression of victory. Rape was a symbol of revenge 
subjugation, and defeat. Male rape was the worst punishment inflicted on a defeated army. It was seen as a form of submission to be penetrated by another man. Rape was a form of domination and a way of feminizing the, the conquered enemy. This was a traditional custom that continues today. We see this happening today. In the military, men are still being raped. It's happening. Now, in the military, we have civilian males who are being raped. When their homeland is invaded by another army. This is the reality. In the military, we also have military personnel who are being raped by officers and other higher ranking members of the military. This is something that's happening right now. Homosexuality is being imposed or infringed on other people. This is not something that they willingly are doing. Now let's look at the prison system. The male inmates are also being raped in prison the same way that the prisoners of war were raped and violated doing war. Right? So we see this. This is part of the homosexual agenda to dominate and conquer men. And how they dominate and conquer men is by way, is by raping them. It's by forcing them to engage in homosexual activities. This is something that is common. And then a lot of people want to believe that a lot of these men, they, they choose to be homosexuals or they choose to engage in gay sexual activity. But in reality, they were forced to. These type of activities were imposed on them. This is something that the gay community don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about that. Why is it that during times of war, times of conflicts and during prison, during slavery, why, 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 why? If homosexuality is something that people choose to do, it's something that is between two consenting adults, why are they using homosexuality as a form of punishment. Why is that? That's a question that we need to ask. Now, in other words, homosexuality is a normal custom in Western society. Homosexuality never disappeared. It went under the radar because Western society was no longer publicly condoning it. Now, it came back. Now, during the time of the sexual revolution in the 1960s and 70s, there was a great shift in the public morality. Now, even though secretly homosexuals were practicing homosexuality, they were still doing it. But in the 1960s and 70s, under the, the guise of the sexual revolution, it resurfaced for public acceptance. In 1973, homosexuality was removed from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Psychiatric Disorders as a mental health disorder. Afterward, 
many of the anti-homosexual laws known as sodomy laws were removed. These laws made it illegal for people to practice anal and oral sex. They could not display public affection or they could not be engaging any type of public sexual activities. This is what happened. This is what happened. Now, the gay revolution was an integral part of the sexual revolution of the 1960s. Its goal was to, again, normalize and legitimize homosexuality. They presented the gay lifestyle as something positive and normal, when in reality, it included many negative and dysfunctional behaviors that were part of the gay scene. A lot of these things they're not going to talk about. They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you that a lot of gays or homosexuals were engaged in anonymous sex. They would encounter strangers in the bathroom, in the park, in the truck stops, and they would just engage in random sexual acts with strangers. They're not telling you this is what happened. This is the reality. Now, we're talking. We're not talking about all homosexuals or all gay people, but that was the normal custom in the gay community for them to have anonymous sex. Just meet total strangers, just go have sex. One night stands. They had group sex, orgies, engage in bestiology, having sex with animals, engage in pedophilia, having sex with children, engage in drug and alcohol abuse, prostitution, They're not telling you that the gay lifestyle was a promiscuous lifestyle. It was promiscuous in nature. It was okay to be irresponsible sexually and reckless. Now, obviously, not all homosexuals engage in these activities, but these are the common practices in the homosexual community. They don't want to tell you that. They don't want to tell you that. That is the reality. They don't want people to know that. Now let's talk about some other stuff that's going on in the homosexual community that they don't want you to know. They don't want you to talk about. Now this is the reality. Now it's not fair for anyone to promote a lifestyle and don't reveal all the truth. If you're going to say that, go ahead on and practice homosexuality, you need to be completely honest about all the things that come with homosexuality. You have to tell the truth. What are the risk factors of engaging in homosexuality? What are the, what are the risks? What are the negative things that happen when you engage in homosexual behavior? Now the homosexual community don't want to talk about that. They want to show you the beautiful things. They want to tell you that it's okay for a man to love another man. It's okay for a woman to love another woman. Now, there's nothing wrong with same-sex love. There's nothing wrong with a male loving a man. Love is not sex. Just because you love a man doesn't mean that you have to have sex with him. That's something totally different. There's nothing wrong with loving a woman. This, but if you're a woman, you don't have to have sex with a woman. That's a problem. That is a main problem with the homosexual community is that they're claiming to love one another. But
But you can love each other and not have sex. Love has nothing to do with sex. Why do you have to have sex with someone if you love them, if you care about them, and these people are important to you? Why is it that it's necessary to have sex with them if you love them as a person, as a human being? You don't have to be sexually attracted to someone to, to love them. You can love them without the sexual attraction. You don't have to want to have sex with someone just because you care about them. All right. Now, this is the confusion. A lot of people don't know anything about love. They have no idea about love. Automatically, once they feel some type of love, some type of bond with the person, once they feel some type of connection, automatically they assume that it is a sexual attraction as well. Now, we do feel close to a lot of people. As human beings, we long to connect and bond with other human beings. We want to be around other human beings. We want to be physically intimate, emotionally intimate, spiritually intimate. But it doesn't have to involve sex. That is where the confusion come in. And some people have a problem distinguishing emotional, physical intimacy from sex. They just put everything together and they can't separate their feelings. Everything becomes sexual when it doesn't have to be that way. So let's just go ahead on and talk about the negative aspect of the homosexual lifestyle. It's very important that we talk about that, right? What's wrong with the homosexual lifestyle? Let's find out what's going on here. You know, it's a problem, right? Now, you can check out these statistics on your own. You don't have to take my word for it. You really don't have to take my word for it. Now, what's wrong with homosexuality? The first thing is homosexuality is based on an illusion or on false pretext. Now, biologically, human beings are not meant to have physical intercourse with the same sex. Their body's anatomy and physiology are not made for this type of sexual activity. They have to go against the laws of nature in order for them to force this sexual activity to happen. Since this is an unnatural act, it can cause some physical and medical health problems. This is the reality. We do not want to talk about that. Look in any medical book and it will tell you all the detrimental things that happen with homosexual sex. Let's let, let, let's talk about let's talk about it. Now you can go in any Google search and you can get this information. This is not a secret. All right. Now anyone who engage in male homosexual sex or female homosexual sex, they are putting themselves at risk. Now, we're going to specifically right now talk about male homosexual sex. Now, any man who engage in sexual activity with another man increases his risk of contracting serious sexually transmitted diseases, especially HIV, hepatitis A, B, and C, herpes, syphilis, HPV, 
gonorrhea, and all the other diseases that come with it. Now, this is a fact. Homosexual men are at a higher risk of contracting sexually transmitted disease. This is a fact. This is not bias. This is not prejudice. This is not misinformation. It's a fact. Look at any type of medical journal. Now, homosexual men are at higher risk for physical injuries to the anus. They have a high risk of anal cancer, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and colon cancer. They have a high rate of rectal bleeding, irritation, and infection. Now, this is something that we really, really need to talk about. We really need to talk about that because here they are promoting a lifestyle that comes with a lot of high-risk activities. Now, homosexuals are at higher risk for depression, anxiety, and mental health problems. They're more likely to experience body image problems such as eating disorders. They have a greater risk for suicide. They're more likely to smoke, drink alcohol, and use drugs. They're at higher risk for substance abuse problems. They suffer from the gay bowel syndrome. The gay bowel syndrome, GBS, which is a sexually transmitted gastrointestinal syndrome. You have bacteria and other pathogens found in feces are transmitted to the digestive system to cause this disease. This is a disease that is caused by having anal sex. They have inflammation of the rectum and colon that cause pain, bloody rectal discharge, and rectal spasms. They have inflammation of the small intestine which cause abdominal pain, severe cramping, Intense diarrhea, fever, malabsorption of nutrients, and weight loss. They have anal rectal tumors or cancers. And also, they suffer significant reduction in life expectancy and reduced lifespan. Now, this is just obvious. Because if they're having a higher rate of cancers, that's going to reduce their life. If they're having higher rates of HIV, AIDS, of course, that's going to reduce their lives. They have a higher rate of domestic violence. Now, this is something that's very serious. What's wrong with the homosexual lifestyle? It's a serious problem. Older homosexual adults have more health problems than heterosexuals. They have higher rates of cardiovascular disease, higher rates of weakened immune system, low back or neck pain. They got increased risk of disabilities. Now, this is a serious problem. Homosexuals use sexualized drugs. These recreational drugs are taken to facilitate sexual activities. They use cocaine, ecstasy, and chemsex drugs. Now, these drugs increase risky behaviors, which can increase risk of STDs and reckless irresponsible behavior. Now, homosexuals expose themselves to dangerous sexual practices. This is something that we really got to think about. And we don't know this because we're not part of the homosexual community. 
We don't know this. You have to do the research to find that out. You cannot promote a lifestyle. You can't go and tell people that it's okay for them to practice homosexuality, but you're not telling them about the risks and the danger that they're putting themselves in. That is irresponsible. You can't promote homosexuality and not tell people what comes with it. That's it. That is very misleading. That's deceiving. That's deceiving. You got to tell the whole story and let people make up their mind. If they want to engage in homosexual activity, it's on them. But at least let them be informed. They cannot make a decision. They cannot consent to engage in this lifestyle without being completely informed of all the things that take place in the homosexual lifestyle. Right Now, homosexuals, again, expose themselves to dangerous sexual practices. This is part of the gay lifestyle. Of course, not all homosexuals do it, but the majority of them do. They engage in sadomasochism. Sadists. Inflicting pain. Masochists. Receiving pain. They engage, and I'm getting ready to get graphic, just preparing the listener. I'm getting ready to get graphic. It's not something that we want to hear, but this is the reality of homosexual activities. They engage in something called fissing, in which they put the entire fist in their hand inside the rectum for sexual pleasure. This is what they do. They have something that they call, they, 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 they engage in ingestion of feces, they're eating feces. They engage in bestiology, putting small animals in the rectum, having sex with animals. This is what they do. Not all, but this is part of the homosexual lifestyle. They're more frequently to participate in orgies or group sex. They have more sexual partners in their lifetime than heterosexuals. They admit to be more promiscuous and not committed to monogamous relationships. It's common for them to cheat. It's very difficult to stay with one person. They also practice what we call rimming, sucking and licking the anus. They do golden showers, urinating on their partner for sexual arousal. They do something called felching, where they're sucking or eating semen out of a partner's anus. Now, you know, I'm not trying to be graphic, but this is what they do. We we really don't want to hear all that. We don't want to hear all that because we want to hear the good stuff. We want to hear the good stuff. We want to hear how, you know, homosexuality is about two men loving each other, two women loving each other, but we're not going into the lifestyle to see exactly what are these things that are being done. Okay, what are these things that are being done? All right. So now in the homosexual community, they also have bisexuals and polysexuals. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on. There are a lot of things that are going on that we don't understand. We really don't understand it because we're not part of that lifestyle. So it's very, very confusing when people give you some of the information, but they don't give you the whole information. It's very misleading when they do that. Okay. So the reason why we say it's a homosexual agenda, because society as a whole is promoting 
homosexuality. Now, it's one thing for individuals to choose to engage in homosexuality. It's a private affair. It's between two consenting adults, and that's on them. And whatever they go through, that's on them. But when you have a society, when you have a culture that's promoting this lifestyle as an alternative lifestyle, they're promoting this lifestyle as something that is healthy and good, without revealing some of the information that I just revealed, you know, I mean, it's misleading. And a lot of people would say that, you know, homosexuals have a lot of emotional and mental problems because society rejects them. They have a lot of issues and a lot of problems because they get discriminated against. But that's not true. Because in Western society, specifically in Europe, homosexuality is widely accepted. Homosexuality is a common practice. And a lot of homosexuals still suffer from the same problems. The same higher risk rates for medical problems, health problems, emotional problems, addiction, high rate of suicide. I mean, obviously it's not societal rejection because in those communities, they are well accepted and they assimilate into the culture. Because again, homosexuality in Western culture is normal. I just went through the history. Homosexuality was totally acceptable in Greek and Roman culture. And Western culture comes from Greek and Roman culture. So it is a perpetuation of the cultural values. It's, it's, it's nothing different, right? It went underground, now it's coming back, right? So it's perfectly fine for people who, of, who are of Western heritage, of Western descent, of European or Caucasian descent, if they want to practice homosexuality, obviously it's part of the culture, and if that's their way of life, it's perfectly fine if that's what they want to do. But we have to also respect the fact that there are other cultures that don't practice it. And it's perfectly fine. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to kill people. I'm not saying it's okay to hurt anybody because of their sexual practice. I'm not saying that. But we do have a right for the cultures, for the countries, for the ethnicities and the nationalities that don't practice homosexuality, that don't believe in homosexuality. They believe in heterosexuality. They believe in the perpetuation of the human race. They believe that sexuality is something sacred and spiritual between a man and a woman. Why can't that be respected? Why can't that be respected? Why can't that be respected? And this is why it is an agenda. This is why it is an agenda to push on the masses, to force them to accept homosexuality. That is a problem. That is the problem. When it's being forced. When it's being forced. Now, if people willingly do it, that's between them. Again, I'm reiterating the same thing. But do not force people to engage in homosexuality. Don't make it an option for the people who don't believe in it. All right? Because we do have, especially in America, we have a melting pot of people. We have people from all over the world in America. You have all different ethnicities, nationalities, and race. And of course, in Europe, in, in uh, the Western world, we, we do have a melting pot as well. 
But America has more of a melting pot. We have so many different people here. I live in America. That's why I'm specifically dealing with America. And I'm specifically dealing with Western culture because I live in a Western culture. And it's being pushed. It's being pushed. That agenda is being pushed. So the children are being indoctrinated into believing that homosexuality is an acceptable lifestyle for everyone. And that it should be normalized like it was back in Greece and Rome. Again, but we've seen the fall of Rome and we've seen the fall of Greece. These two civilizations fail. Why? Did homosexuality play a role in the demise of these two cultures? Did we see the total breakdown of morality? Did we see the total breakdown of spirituality? The total breakdown of the family. In every society, we need law and order. We need a healthy foundation for us to build on. We need stability. We need a sense of security. We need to know that society will flourish and will go on and on. And we need to do the things that will ensure the survival of the human race. So we cannot sit there and be selfish and think about our own sexual needs when we neglect the societal needs. Because it's not about individual pursuit. It's about the collective. And homosexuality tends to be a very selfish lifestyle. People are only thinking about their own sexual needs. They're not talking about what's good for the family. They're not talking about what good, what's good for the community. They're not talking about what's good for the, for the nation or what's good for the world. They always seem to focus on themselves. Okay, majority of people who practice homosexuality are very selfish. They're very self-centered. And it seems that their lives are primarily focused on sexuality. Everything is surrounded by sexuality. Sexuality is the center of everything. And they place a lot of emphasis on sex. And it seems to be that a lot of homosexuals have sexual addictions. Because if everything that you do is motivated by sex. You are obsessed with sex. You are overly occupied or preoccupied with sex. Then you have a sexual addiction. So it seems to be that homosexuality could be a form of sexual addiction. Now, if people who practice homosexuality are very promiscuous, they're engaging in sex all the time based on the research. They're having orgies, engaging in all type of sexual activity. There's no boundaries. There's no sexual boundaries. Any and everything goes. Now that sounds like an addiction. It sounds like an obsession. When we look at the pride parade and they're walking around, but what are they showing us that they're proud of? Proud of being able to have sex with anybody or anything that they want? I mean, what are they proud about? We see people engaging in all type of sexual activity. People being sexually provocative in the, in the gay parades. Is that what they're proud of? This is what gay pride is about? Parading their sexuality? Being sexually free to sexually experiment with drugs and sex and 
animals and sadomasochism and all kind of madness? Is that what it is? Let's have an open dialogue. Let's have an open conversation. Instead of people just shutting people off. Instead of trying to silence people. Let's have an open dialogue. Because if homosexuality is healthy, we shouldn't have a problem talking about it. If homosexuality is positive, we shouldn't have a problem talking about it. If homosexuality is a good way of life, we shouldn't have a problem talking about homosexuality. That shouldn't even be a problem. It should be something that is open, something that's just discuss. Everybody should be talking about it. But instead, people are prevented from talking about homosexuality. It becomes a taboo. It becomes something that you do instead of something that you talk about. Because as we talk about homosexuality, we'll reveal the unhealthy practices, the unhealthy patterns, the unhealthy lifestyle that comes with homosexuality. And I just discussed some of these things right now. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Just go do your own research. Again, don't let people intimidate you or coerce you into accepting a lifestyle that is not healthy. A lifestyle that's not sustainable. A lifetime, a lifestyle that has no longevity. A lifetime that has many complications and risks. So it's very important that we really think about these things because we need to make some changes. And we can't succumb to the homosexual agenda because if we do, our children will have a future. And if our children don't have a future and our children are not getting into heterosexual relationships as male and female to procreate, then the human race won't exist. Then society itself won't have a foundation because the family is the foundation of every society with no exception. We've been around for thousands of years and we have 98% of the world population are homosexual or heterosexuals. 98% of the world population are practicing heterosexuals. Heterosexuality is by default. This is the natural state of life, of nature. Heterosexuality. Now, if we reverse it, if 98% of the world becomes homosexuals, what would happen to the world? We got to reverse it. Let's see if, if, if heterosexuality and homosexuality are the same, if we reverse the trends, we should get the same results, right? If 98% of people stop being heterosexuals and 98% of them become homosexuals, will we still have life as we know it or will everything change? That is the question. I will continue this conversation in part two. Thank you.